Belinda Carlisle, 64 today. That's all I'm going to say. Somewhat of an overused word, but it really is a banger. Is it not, Michelle Langston? What a tune. I what remember a tune. when this song came out, and I was I just thought that Belinda Carlisle was the most glamorous person yep. in the world. 100%. Amazing. Uh, the song, by the way, has one of the great key changes in rock history. The song is an E major, but shifts off to F uh, sharp major. Did you know that, James? Did not know that. Yeah. No. It's a very good key change. Do you like that song? Love you that song. Yeah, no. <clears throat> tune. Tune. Um, the, <laughs> the initial idea came to co-writer Alan Shipley at a Brooklyn gas station where she spotted a greeting card that said, Heaven on Earth. Now, by the way, gosh, big response to, regarding this Paris trip. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, and actually, why don't we go to someone who experienced this very thing, Craig Cura. Welcome to the panel. G'day, g'day. How are you? Good, thank you. Tell us about your uh, experience. What happened to well, you? Uh, my wife's birthday, um, my son was uh, living um, temporarily in, uh, in the US in the state of Georgia, and my daughter was in London, so... Uh, I said to Anne, my wife, pack your bags, we're going away for a holiday. Didn't tell her what to take at all. We went to Wellington, and she thought we were going down south. We uh, flew to Sydney, so she thought we were going to the Wick Sundays. Uh, we then flew to um, Los Angeles. Um, interestingly enough, she, while she was in, I went to the, uh, sorry, I went to the Qantas lady and said, told her what was going on, said my wife doesn't know where she's going or anything about it. She wow. said, not a problem, I won't tell her. While, <laughs> while we were in the queue, um, a woman came up to Anne and said, excuse me, is, is this the uh, queue for um, somewhere? I can't remember, Singapore or somewhere. And Anne said, I'm sorry, I've got no idea. I don't know where I'm going. Um, anyway, so we flew, we flew to Los Angeles and uh, stayed the night and then flew on to New York. And she had no idea that our son and his girlfriend and my daughter would be all there, and we spent a week in and around New York, and she loved it. She still goes oh. on about it. You've blown my mind. Maybe I'm going to change my Craig, mind. You are the best person. You are the best. <laughs> that is the coolest surprise. Yeah, it was. It was cool. Actually, I had to find a passport. I had to pack all the bag. Didn't, didn't let her pack anything. Had to do everything. So it was great. It was fantastic. She Craig, amazing. Craig, that, that's an amazing story. And you might just have changed one person's mind here uh, on the panel. <laughs> Good on you, Craig. Thanks for being with us. Major, major brownie points, I can promise you. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. All right, there you go. Um, although, yeah, uh, quite a lot of response to that. Thank you for that. Uh, and a lot of response, actually, Michelle, about you ditching social media four months ago. We want People want to hear more about it. So we'll try and stick oh. that in uh, at the end. They're very interested. And there's a lot of people who want to try it but uh, don't know what to do. But in recent yeah. weeks, we've been discussing the role of a city councillor in anticipation of local elections. Among the discourse, we've started hearing about other ways people choose to serve their community, and a big one is serving on the board for your local school. We wanted to find out more about what this entails and whether it's a rewarding experience, so we're joined by a couple of listeners who took the time to get in touch. First, we have Jonathan Moffat, Chair of the Board at Broad Green Intermediate School in Nelson. I know the school well. Jonathan, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. Good to speak to you. How long have you been serving on the school board? Um, I've been on board for probably about four years. What made you want to do it? 
Um, we were on a, a school trip walking up uh, Mount Roberts on, uh, up in the Nelson Lakes, and um, the principal was on the trip with me, and um, he said, we have a space on the board, and would I please help fill it? And I said, yeah, sure, why not? Mm. Do you find the role rewarding? What, what do you find rewarding about it? Um, it's, it's very rewarding. It's, um, it's an opportunity to... Um, to do something for initially for my children and, and their, their schooling, but also to actually provide for all the other children, all the students, all, all the tamariki of, um, of our school community um, and to make it a better place for them. Yeah. To do the and, best that we can for our children. Yeah, no, kia ora, Jonathan. And to the, to the issue, and while we're speaking about it, and this is on the back of the, uh, uh, the, 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 the stuff dissection, I guess, in terms of misinformation and people, the, the characters that inhabit that, Voices mm. for Freedom, one uh, anti-vax group starting to um, wanting to get into the likes of uh, boards of trustees, school boards. What of that? Um, it concerns me greatly to be perfectly honest, that um, people can use platforms such as that, that um, to, to try and disrupt um, you know, the, the future, the potential of our, of our students. And I just think it's really dangerous. However, um, it is democracy and, and it is the way the process works. Um, there are some checks and balances in place should, should people who are um, maybe not being on the board in the spirit that um, is intended um okay. yeah um we all sign a code of conduct things like that um and it's a democracy as well so um a majority rules if there's anything that the board votes on um michelle listen just as a side note because this is my burning question because my mum was on the pta when we were kids and i remember her going to a meeting coming home and just saying that she felt very bored and i asked if there were any snacks and she said that, oh well i think there were some biscuits jonathan <laughs> Are there biscuits yeah. and coffee at the meetings that you inevitably have to go to? And if That's there right. are, what is the quality of the biscuits? Are we talking round wines? Are we talking toffee pops? Because these are the things that would keep me in the game. Uh, well, on our board, we, we actually do a lot of talking, so we don't have time for biscuits. Um, but we do have a little um, celebration at the end of the year for the last meeting of the year. Just um, a few snacks and a, maybe a glass of wine or uh, something non-alcoholic for those of us who are driving. And, um, yeah, we all, all have a bit of fun at the end of the year. But Good. generally, we, we're actually really um, just, just getting through the, um, the content of the board. And, and it's, um, it's really eye-opening to have all the different perspectives around from, from the different board members. Mm. Good on you, Jonathan. So no Tim Tams uh, at the meeting, but you do get through the issues. <laughs> hey, kia ora, thanks for that. And with us also is Stella Nenix, who is chair of the board at Lakeview School in Masterton, who, by the way, is also running in her local election. Stella, welcome. Kia ora, Wallace. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. How long have you been serving on the board at Lakeview? Serving sounds like it's a sentence. It's not. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell, well, tell us about that. Is it, is it not a sentence? No, of course it's not. I love mm. it. I live for governance and strategy. It totally lights my fire. But I jumped into the board probably five years ago, and I've been chairing the board since for the last two years. And um, I really enjoy it. I've learned heaps. And um, like your other guests just now, it's all about the school community and just making it the best school for your for your children and for your families and whanau. Yeah. What would you say to those listening this afternoon? Because there has been an issue around around some boards not getting the candidates 
would you recommend getting involved? Absolutely. I really would. I think if you want to get to know your school and how it ticks and see your children learn, and the essence of that is about getting involved and being present. And there's so many different ways. It's not just the board. That can be quite boring for some people, unlike me. Um, yeah. But there's the PTA, there's the um, attendance to sports days and events. There's always help required, whether it's a fair or a gala or whatever. So there's lots of different avenues. Um, yeah, but no, getting involved is key if you want to get to know your school community okay. and feel part of it. Well, I mean, kudos to Stella and Jonathan. I think it's great that they do. That's not for everybody. Um, I'm I'm just reflecting on the clips that I've seen on the social media feed that Michelle doesn't look at wisely of these uh, clips that you see from these school board fights in America, where we're having it's becoming the sort of as we were talking about earlier, becoming this proxy battleground for the political issues of our day, which must be incredibly disheartening for the people who are there just just trying to do the the best for the school and the you know and the children associated with it. Um, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, kudos to those who are getting involved because it is important. It would be ha- easy to sort of throw your hands up and say, "Too hard, not for me, no biscuits." Um, so if those Absolutely. are doing it, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and oh, Michelle. No, I'm still on the um, on what Jonathan said when he said we don't have time for biscuits. And yeah. I'm well, let, let's, let's I'm, talk. To I've Stella. been unable to move on. Let's talk to Stella about that. I mean, let, let's face <laughs> it. It's a cold evening. It's six thirty p.m. You want to be at home. You go to your blimmin' school board meeting. Uh, is there a coffee? Is there a um, refreshment? Oh, yeah, look, come on now. We've got a pretty stocked staff room. I, as chair, often bring biscuits that consist of the Tim Tam variety and coffee pop. Um, um, great. He has plunger coffee. So, yeah, nice. but we often, it's a cold night. We turn up in our rug boots as well because we're just human beings and majority of us are parents. So, you know, we're there to get a job done. It doesn't matter what we're eating and what we're looking like. We're there for purpose. <laughs> All right. So let's hope that Jonathan, both Jonathan and Stella have inspired uh, a few people across the Motu uh, this afternoon to actually think, you know what, I want to get involved because I want to do the best uh, for that school and uh, those kids. Finally, before you go, um, what concerns do you have, if any, around the group Voices for Freedom making inroads into the likes of school boards? Yeah, I find it a little bit spooky, but also I think for those people that put their names forward, transparency is key, and you need to, you can only really get trust, can't you, from people being transparent, upfront and honest. That's Stella Linux there, Chair of the Board at Lakeview School in Marston. Before that, we had Jonathan Moffat, Chair of the Board at Broad Green Intermediate School. Um, and your experiences of school boards, most welcome. You can text me 2101 or email the panel at rnz.co.nz. Before we go on to the rent-free story, just a really quick um, response from Michelle, because I do know that we... Um, well, I just want to talk about it a bit more, just for a minute. Ashley says, getting off social media gave me my peace of mind back. Uh, I dropped one at a time, Facebook, Instagram, then Twitter. I log out, deactivate, delete app. I just forget about it because you're absorbed in real life. Carpi Michelle, ditching social media made a huge difference for my mental health. My next step is to get rid of my smartphone and get rid of a done phone, no emails. So just coming back to that really briefly, because can I just say, um, to be honest, Michelle, you were – uh, fairly prolific on social media, um, but 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 four months four months on, you actually don't miss it. No, I, I really don't. I had a, it was really interesting when I stopped because I just stopped. You know, I don't want to use the expression cold turkey, but I mean, I suppose they're on some level. I mean, they are really addictive platforms. But I, when I stopped, I had this kind of brief panicking 
panic and terror where I thought, oh my God, no one can see me. And then I it was really quickly replaced by the realization and the euphoria of no one can see me. This is the best thing ever. And losing that performative kind of aspect to your own life, you know, kind of watching it like a third party going, oh, what parts of this can I show people? Look, everyone, this is how I conduct my life. Uh, losing that has been so freeing. And also oh, it just makes you realize how, well, for me anyway, and I think this is probably true for a lot of people if they really think about it, your self-esteem becomes so entangled in other people's responses to the point where it's being generated, how you feel about yourself is being generated yeah. by other people's responses to Very your posts on whatever medium that you're on. And so then when you're in the quiet on your own, you've got to figure out actually how you feel about yourself, not these instant responses from people, many of whom are strangers, and actually reconnect with who you are as a person and it's very it's actually quite confronting very very interesting then, michelle yeah it's so quiet it's wonderful Kia ora. thank you uh michelle langston james elliott with me today just a word on this i found this quite interesting when the pandemic kicked off in 2020 the government implemented a six-month freeze on rent increases now the human rights commission says it's time for a do-over. According to the Commission, more than half of our renters are spending more than 30% of their income on rent. Uh, that is the threshold that they say makes a home unaffordable. So to get a second opinion on this, we are joined by Renters United spokesperson Geordie Rogers. Kia ora, Geordie. No doubt you'd agree it's time for us to hit the pause again on rent increase. Yeah, entirely. We have for years seen that rent prices have been increasing faster than our incomes have been. If you look at the past 10 years, uh, since 2011, incomes are only up uh, 30%. And when you compare that to the median rent price, up 60%. So it's really a no-brainer that renting in New Zealand has become far more unaffordable for everyone. Won't it, though? I mean, can we think of the unintended consequences? Wouldn't we just see um, a whole raft of costly unintended consequences? Uh, It might reduce liquidity, as they say in the market. It might lock others out. There are things that might happen which we wouldn't want to happen if we continue with these uh, rent freezes. I think, um, kind of like you alluded to earlier before, we have already done a rent freeze in New Zealand and the entire rental market didn't fall over. Um, I think we spend so much time talking about the negatives. We really struggle to see just how horrible it is right now. When you're spending that much money on rent every single month and it's very difficult to contest how much money you're spending on rent, you're actually going to sacrifice things like food or um, equipment for your children's schooling. And really, that is totally unnecessary. We do not need that. What we can actually say is we can shift that balance a little bit. And we can say to landlords, look, if you think you need to charge more money, prove it. Don't just charge more money. And I think that's where we start talking about those things like um, regulations on rent increases, which 24 out of 36 countries in the OECD... But you, 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 can only, you, you can only increase rent once a year now anyway. That's the new rule, isn't it? Yeah, and that new rule... Um, the advice that was provided to the government is that that would have absolutely no effect on the affordability or how much rent increases went up by, but rather that it would change how often they went up by. And that's exactly what we've seen. We're still continuing to see rents increasing far beyond uh, how much you get charged. I guess your follow-up question is going to be, well, can't you take it to the tribunal and claim that rents are too high? Well, the way that that works is your landlord finds one property on the same street, same number of rooms, Maybe it's a little worse quality, maybe it's better quality. If they're charging more rent for that, 
then the, pro- then the price that you're paying is entirely justified under the eyes of the tribunal. So really, for tenants, there's no way to rebuke that claim that this rent increase is justified. Let's go on the panel on this one. Stay there, Geordie. Uh, James first. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that 20, was it 24 out of 36 OECD countries with um, rent control systems. So in other countries, there are very mature systems in terms of dealing with rent. Germany's one good example where there are things as a regional rent index and a more local index, so it's testing against what's there in the market, which at least would have some sort of handbrake on you know, um, you know, crazy increases. If you've watched any American sitcom, you'll know that there are rent-protected apartments and the like in New York. Some, yeah. Some, 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 not universal, but a lot of detail in that. One of the things I picked up on looking at the history for America as well would be perhaps interesting or contentious, depending on your point of view, of rent control in exchange for tax breaks for the incentivising the landlord that they get some form of tax relief in exchange right. for uh, rent control. Michelle? I just think, you know, things like um, the, the crazy high levels in rent don't happen in isolation. If, if, if you've got people who are unable to run heaters in their home to keep warm, to keep the damp out of their homes in a climate that is really wet down here, then that has a flow-on effect to our health system with all of the respiratory problems people suffer from, everybody getting really sick in winter. So it's actually costing us um, in all sorts of ways in our communities and as a country if we if we don't get on top of this and make our living more affordable so people can take care of themselves. All right. Finally, um, Georgie, uh, Megan Woods, Housing Minister, she wants to meet with the Human Rights Commission on this. A step forward? Yeah, I think the step forward from here really is that this rent freeze is the start. We do recognise that rents are too high, but really we need to be thinking about how did we also allow this to get away on us for so long? And I think that's where something like regulation on price increases is so perfect because we can have a look at that going into the future. Good on you. Uh, thanks for being with us. That's Renters United spokesperson, uh, Geordie Rogers. Loving your company out this afternoon, by the way. I really do appreciate all your emails and your uh, texts. You can text me, 2101, or um, email the panel at rnz.co.nz. Now, by the way, we've had a big response to regarding the, the mushy peas story. Uh, we <laughs> why, why do I love when I say mushy peas? Just because I can't imagine it's such a delicacy in parts of the UK. But it is. And we had Kev Taylor on. He's started a, a mushy pea company. Um, and we're going to talk about that later in the week. What's a delicacy, I guess, from where you were originally from uh, that you really, really miss uh, being now a citizen of Aotearoa or living here? Now, Auckland has spent tens of millions of dollars turning city streets into shared spaces. Not that you'd know it sometimes with the amount of cars parked on them. So what are we seeing here? Pedestrianised promenades or heaps and heaps of free parking? And as street after street yields to the shared street philosophy, how are you feeling about them? With us is Pippa Coombe, Councillor for Waitamata and Golf Ward in Tamaki Makaurau. Pippa, kia ora, welcome. Kia ora, Wallace. What's happening to all these cars parked on there. Have you noticed that? Yeah, it has been a bit of a problem. I think there's a, a range of factors. Um, there have been fewer people in the city centre as we've come out of lockdowns and there's the convenience of being able to drive into town and these shared spaces are very appealing to drivers. They offer wide open spaces. They're often free, considered to be free. Yes. And um, drivers just think they can sort of just quickly park um, rather than going and finding a parking building or, or an on-street legal car park. 
Yeah, I mean, I notice it quite a bit because I'm in the CBD every day and that new design, Federal Street, you know, it looks, not, looks nice at the southern end behind St. Matthew's Church. Parking, 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 parking. Um, uh, what's the point in spending millions of dollars of our money improving the vibe if uh, they're just going to be free car parks? Well, of course, we don't want them to be free car parks and we would love drivers to respect the rules. The signage is quite clear that they're not intended for parking or where in some of the shared spaces there are designated loading zones or loadings allowed before, say, 11 o'clock on some of the shared spaces. Um, so we'd like drivers to you know, obey the rules. Um, and if not, then there will be enforcement and, and that needs to happen more vigorously. It is very difficult for our parking officers to get out there and try and control all of the parking, illegal parking that's happening. Right. Um, but they need to be doing that more consistently. All right, we've got uh, an Auckland panel, Auckland-based panellist here. James, you first. This is me talking on behalf of the parking enforcement people. That's a first. Um, yeah, my, my understanding was very clear, you know, that this was a transit issue, so cars in transit, otherwise pedestrians. I didn't realise that this uh, illegal parking was such a problem. So get out there and enforce it. It just seems like a simple, simple response. Right. It shouldn't be happening. Michelle? I'd just like to say that I really love the shared space in Fort Street. That whole area is just so awesome. Um, um, I often, when I go into the city, which I will catch a bus or a train in now, I love walking around there. It's just so gorgeous. The open spaces are really improving the centre of the city, so I hope that they can get the parking stuff sorted out. Because are you a fan? So, yeah. Okay, so on that, I would love to hear from our listeners. Do you Are you enjoying this new shared space philosophy in the Auckland CBD. I'd love to hear from you, 2101. Um, what, what, what feedback are you getting, Pippa, uh, on that? Because you, you hear from a few people who are quite disgruntled about it, but then you hear from the likes of Michelle Langston, who just love it. Well, it's great to hear Michelle's positive feedback about the shared spaces, because they have been a big success in many ways. You know, they've increased foot traffic and um, spend, so hospitality spending like on 4th Street was increased by 400% when that opened. Um, so we, we want more shared spaces. Um, but there needs to be, I think, more of a response around, you know, maybe we need to design them a bit differently or put more physical barriers in place to stop that um, free, free parking that's occurring or legal parking. And also um, we need more tools. I think one of the problems for Auckland Transport is that the fines are so low now so that um, drivers just think it's worth taking the risk and getting, oh. the, fine, getting the fine. And that's something that, that government needs to look at. And I know it's on the minister's radar um, is one thing. And then also, you know, the more people come back into the city centre, I think we're going to see less opportunistic parking across our shared spaces, which, you know, it's a good thing that, that pedestrian traffic is increasing and the, the shared spaces in the city centre is filling up. And so All right, Pippa, gonna, hmm. we might come back to that uh, shared spaces. What do you think in your city, not just Auckland? I'd love to hear your comments. Pippa Coombe there and Michelle Langston, James Elliott, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Uh, would I take a pep, uh, trip to Paris uh, with them? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Spiders, <laughs> I'd stay here. The clothes dry, oh, a rack, drying rack and a candle. <laughs> the drying rack. <laughs> and a nice candle in your living room. Lisa Owen next.